The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at the Pop Insider. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. And suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. And apparently, S.H.I.E.L.D. has honored our request because we now have a chef for the above-ground, underwater, suborbital volcano lair. Volcano lair. As he's looking around the room, (laughs) I'm assuming checking out the kitchen or lack thereof, uh, it's Justin Warner. And the reason why we have Justin Warner on is you may have seen him on Marvel.com with Eat the Universe, but he also has a cookbook called... Well, you got one. You got one. You got I it. I have it. It's shiny and new. It's shiny and new. Look at it. <laughs> um, Marvel, Eat the Universe. Uh, when this came in, I've got the review coming up this weekend on our website. Um, when the book first came in, my wife and daughter took it out of the box before I had a chance and they sat down and started going through it. Okay, how about this? What about this? What about this? We may need to change the recipe. Enough said. That's it. Done. (laughs) Great review. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we were looking at quite a few of the recipes and we're like, okay, we may need to change something here, change it there, make it our own. But um, how did this, I know a lot of these recipes you've done on marvel.com. How did you come up with these recipes? Uh, I, I wish there was a formula that I could just say, you know, well, generally I take uh, this and that and the other and it, it makes it happen. But generally I have to do like a, a pretty deep dive with the character. Um, you know, a lot of times I know the, you know, the basic ins and outs of a character, but sometimes to get the, uh, you know, that seasoning or whatever a dish needs, you got to really dive deep and you got to go into the wikis and the backlogs and check out like Marvel Unlimited and find an issue that you didn't have when you were growing up or maybe something that came out recently that, you know, you just spaced out. 
and and find some context. And ultimately, which which is like a very weird thing, when you create a recipe as like a chef in general for like a restaurant or your loved ones, context is always the key, right? Like deviled eggs at a fine dining meal, eh, maybe not so much. Deviled eggs at a picnic, yes, because the context is key. And so that's basically it is I just look at these characters and I try and figure out what's the context. Okay. Now, I, I've got to say before we go further, I just saw you on uh, Guy's Grocery Games recently during oh, no. this. Did I win? Did I win or did I lose? You were a judge. I oh, want to say, I wanna say, I wanna say it was the, um, the spice, the spicy episode with oh, various no, peppers. <laughs> and, and you made a comment about your hair being all slicked back. I got to say, we are seeing him no product, and it's awesome. You need to be rocking this look on Food Network from now on. Thank you, guys. Well, I reserve the best for you. At least I try to, you know. There we go. <laughs> hey, just be just be thankful Thursday allowed you into the lair today. She is kind of. I know. Of, I'm actually, with all the volcanic stuff going on, I can only imagine. Well, yeah. just since never you, call her a schwaffle. She hates just, that. No, don't do that. No. Or she might lock you into the hell of I'm us. not a schwaffle. Whoa, noted. Oh, man. That was so like uh, automated. I'm out of here. Wow, that's insane. Uh, why? Why would anyone uh, even contend with that? I can't imagine. Well, well, you know how Tony Stark has uh, his AI Friday, right? Yeah, so sure. We've we've got like a beta unit. She's not quite Friday, so we named her Thursday. Oh, I got it. Cool. Yes. So, yep. Sometimes she has a mind of her own. I can Thank only you imagine. For pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. Oh, cool. Bye, guys. This was great. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, yeah, I actually think Thursday is probably the most unpredictive of like unpredictable of all days. I actually think Thursday is in general the day where like, I don't know, things tend to get weird for me. Do you guys experience that? It's like yes. where everything can happen and it usually does. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. and, and then you're confronted with like, ah, this happened on a Thursday. Okay. I have to solve it tomorrow or like, I'm going to be solving it all weekend. Yep. <laughs> yes. Now, before getting into the book and, and with Marvel, how much of a Marvel fan have you been and how far back does it go? Well, when I was a kid, and I think somewhere in my, like, uh, archives, I wrote to Marvel, you know, via the, like, maybe it was the soapbox or something in the back of the comic, and was like, please produce web shooters, like, I need them, thanks. <laughs> and uh, they sent a reply back <clears throat> and signed it, Spidey, and I'll never forget that the Y in cursive turned into, like, a little web type thing, and... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, if that's not the kind of thing that's going to secure your fandom for the rest of your life, I don't, I don't know what is. You know, that I is probably seven, eight. I don't know. When do you start reading? Seven, eight years old, got a thing signed like Spidey. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I guess that's where it started. That's like a genesis or an origin story in the uh, parlance of our uh, podcast. But um then I guess, you know, it just, it stays with you, you know, you, you, and I think almost every comic book fan is at moments in their lives where they, they like check in or check out and touch base or don't touch base. And, you know, you, you're going through something in your twenties, you're going through something in your thirties, you find a, a thing that, that speaks to you, you find a thing that doesn't, you know, like, um, so yeah, I, I try and stay as in tune as I possibly can while adulting and understanding that comic books are not my primary source of revenue but that being said like um you know recent stuff like with uh you know the carnage and like the the um you know the the thing with uh 
what was it called? Like Ultimate History of the Marvel Universe or something like that? I'm such a bad yeah. ombudsman yep. of the company. Yep. But, you know, could you imagine, just could you even fathom being uh, Franklin Richards and just, like, chatting? You know, like, that's... <laughs> I'm sorry if I made the microphone pop, but like, that's insane. That's amazing. Sign me up. And I think we could all benefit. And I think we all have felt as though we are a little bit Franklin Richards, you know, consulting with everything. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Not too deep, you know? No, no. It's perfect. I mean, you know, because you get to watch (laughs) in this weird way. You get to watch Franklin grow up, and it's like that just almost endears you even more because, like, nobody else in the Marvel Universe really ages that much unless something goes horribly wrong. Right. But we got to see Franklin go from being like a baby. How old is he? What, about five? Yeah, we've seen fetal Franklin practically. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. Hashtag yeah, so, like, fetal correct Franklin. Me if I'm wrong. Fetal Franklin. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, Franklin's like hella grown when he's like, he's chatting with Galactus, right? And he's like recalling like what's going on. Is it Galactus that he talks to in that? I don't know. I forgot. I, I read these things digitally and late at night in order to like lull myself. So sometimes, you know, it's it's been a, a beverage or two. <laughs> yeah, he's he's almost like I don't want to say he's like our window to the Marvel Universe because he's not. It's, it's hard to be an everyman when you have like, you know, Omega level powers. Yeah. yeah. Somebody just <laughs> asked me the other day, like, uh. They were like, well, which uh, it was a I don't know, it was some chef thing. They're like, well, which family is like the most dysfunctional? Da, da, da. What family would ultimately win between Fantastic Four, Avengers, and X Men? And I was like, come on now, Fantastic Four, you got you got Franklin Richards, like, you know, he could just create an entire uh, other alternate universe where he and his family can go on and keep living. Like, come on now, don't play. That's what I just said to them. I was like, and you, and you also have Herbie the robot. I know, right? I miss Herbie. I haven't actually had a lot of interaction with Herbie until you just mentioned it, but um, I remember Herbie from my like early days of fandom. You know, I was from still... the cartoon, maybe. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. I don't know. You know, sometimes it all blurs together these days. I don't know. I, I yeah. told these guys last week. My daughter and I went to Walgreens to pick up uh, some medication. Um, and walking through the toy aisle, there was a Marvel Legends Invisible Woman with Herbie the Robot. Whoa, tight. It came with Herbie? It came with Herbie. I'm like, oh, if I only was back to work and I had the money to do it. I get it, man. Fandom's uh, tough, right? Like, yeah. you really have to pick and choose your battles, you know? You know? Well, th- thankfully, this week, I returned to work. and uh, But I-, I haven't gotten paid yet. <laughs> it comes next well, week. Well, there's... There's always next week, and, and also Walgreens will probably still be standing. Yes. So I want to make sure Eric didn't have a question before we went, before I went to my next question, because it's just that way. Um, it depends on where your next question is going. Because I'll just go. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll make it work. Well, fine. I'll just go then. Go. So, uh, Anytime. You, you mentioned, um, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. You mentioned uh, Marvel being a. Um, go ahead, a, Michael. A, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding guys sorry <laughs> kylan would you like to tell somebody to go ahead or would you like to go no, ahead instead no no I, I i said it mentally so it's all good okay no sign of unusual brain activity yeah, yeah, yeah. i had a nickel for every time you told me that okay so we talked about marvel being uh you know this uh the, this great area of interest um, where did your interest in cooking come from? Well, and I, and I think this is often the tale of a lot of characters in the Marvel universe. You know, when you have no other marketable skill, you simply do what you're good at. And, um, 
I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I worked in restaurants and uh, I was a waiter for most of my life. And the idea is that like I, uh, I got kind of addicted to the hustle. I cracked the code, right? The, the more expensive the restaurant, the bigger the tips. And then also the more expensive the restaurant, the more you need to know about food. So, you know, maybe I didn't know physically, technically how to do every single thing that the chefs were doing, but I could articulate it. And if you're going to articulate it and you can sell it, you can kind of believe in it. So maybe I didn't know that braising was like low and slow cooking of a protein generally submerged in some sort of liquid. But once you understand that braising is the low and slow cooking of a protein in some sort of liquid, you can pretty much do it, right? It's not that hard. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. And I've I've kind of been a loner from for most of my life. Of uh, when I was seventeen, I uh, <laughs> one of the few people that I know that like emancipated themselves. So I like checked out. And, uh, you know, when you check out, you just, you start doing it. <laughs> so if you, if, if you don't know how to cook for yourself or feed yourself, you know, you figure it out. Really? Wow. Okay. Now I wanted to ask, uh, I want to get, let's get into the book. Some favorite recipe in the book. I know there's oh, a lot man. here and, and there's a lot of pride and joys so here or, or, yeah. or do we need to go section by section? No, I think we could, I can just pick one. Um, uh, I'm going to go with an, I'm 99.99% sure it's in the book. I, I just got my own copy of it the other day. But uh, there's a savory oatmeal bowl, bowl for uh, Riri Williams, you know, yes. Ironheart. Yes. And uh, Ironheart was honestly one of the, like, toughest characters to crack, you know, because she's young. She doesn't have a ton of history. Uh, you know, she she's modeling herself after another character. Like, how how does one, you know, do this character justice? And uh, once I started cracking that nut, man, like, whoa, shoo, I like created this thing that like, I don't think anybody's really done before. Like, I don't know if anybody's had like a, a spicy oatmeal bowl. Have you guys? No. No. Yeah, cool. Where? Cool. Even though I have thought about putting Tabasco in regular oatmeal, I have not gone that far yet. Right. And so like, that's, that is the like, the reason I love the show, the reason I love the book is because when someone at Marvel says, hey, make a, you know, an Ironheart Riri Williams dish, and then I get that own sense of discovery of learning about this character, not just through the character's story and the character's arcs and powers and abilities, but through what does this character mean when you when you slap it against food? Holy moly, it's spicy oatmeal. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, that sense of discovery for me as a chef, you know, we don't we don't really get that. Most chefs cook from a menu. And they make the same greatest hits a thousand times, you know? Right. But you know, it makes sense for her, though. I mean, considering she reverse engineered Tony Stark's suit. And I mean, it's not like Tony Stark is the only person who has armor. So let's so but she does her own thing with it. I mean, everybody, I mean, oatmeal is oatmeal, you know? Yeah. And but, I 100 percent get what you're saying. You know, like I think cooking is is like a tech that we all have access to, right? We all can do it. And I think that's that's the thing. If you have the know-how, you can do it. And that's actually the story of Riri Williams. If you have the know-how, you can do it. If you have the passion, you can do it. You have the drive, you can do it. And that is one billion percent the story with cooking. Cool. Now, I got to ask as well. Um, I know I asked the last question. Being, having lived in Louisiana and moved to Florida from Louisiana, why the shrimp in the red beans and rice? Oh, so um, here's the thing. Uh, in the first iteration of the show, um, where we had like guests and whatnot, uh, we had to cater to the guests' dietary concerns. 
And so I couldn't throw a ham hock in that son of a gun because I had a pescatarian guest. Ah. And so if you, if you watch the clip that this is from, we had this like uh, actually one of the coolest people on earth, uh, Lane uh, Moore. She does a show called Tinder Live where she actually does Tinder live and like sees what happens as a comedic show. And uh, so she was on as this kind of like sage, like relationship guru because we were talking about couples and obviously the red beans and rice was, is obviously like the most, the prom king and queen of the, of Louisiana of the yep. South. Right. Yep. And so that became a roguing gambit uh, episode and therefore a roguing gambit recipe. So, you know, you don't see it in the cookbook necessarily, but you'll see that I, I, we don't, we don't talk about it in the cookbook, I should say, but you'll see that I have like fish jerky in the recipe. Well, that fish jerky, yeah. guess what that is? That's your ham hock. Okay. Oh, right. Now it's all clicking. <laughs> so that's actual ham hock. No. Oh. But I'm just saying okay. you could substitute the fish jerky is, makes the same thing, right? You have this like uh, smoked dehydrated meat product. It's just a swap. Because the guest at the time when we created the recipe would not eat pork product. Okay. Interesting. It's a wild world. Yeah. So, all right, before you actually did this book, did you ever, like, while you're cooking or you're playing in the kitchen, think of, hey, this is what, I don't know, Matt Murdock would probably have for dinner. Or so? did, Oh, did definitely. You... Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I remember, actually, this is, just comes off the top of my head, but there's this stuff called call fat, C-A-U-L-F-A-T. You can mm-hmm. look it up, and if people are going to watch a video of this, you know, maybe you could you could put it up on the, the vids. But call fat, if I'm not mistaken, is a certain kind of fat that's, like, maybe around a kidney or something like that. And, uh, it looks like webbing, guys. Like, no joke. It looks like, like Spider-Man webbing. And I remember the first time I saw this stuff, and it was used to make, like, a, a parcel that you would then – you'd fill this parcel with meat or some other treats or whatever rich people like. It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, I was like, yo, man, that's like a web bomb. And, uh, like, nobody else really you know, on my team at the restaurant really got what I was saying. But uh, I was like, I'm saving call fat. I'm going to use it to make Spider-Man food someday. I swear, truly. <laughs> and to this day, I have not yet used call fat to make a Spider-Man recipe. I'm just sitting on it. I'm waiting for the right time, you know? I need the right recipe. I need the right, like, storyline or character arc or something like that. Spider-Gwen. We'll yeah, we'll see. Spider-Gwen. I did a Spider-Gwen recipe, but she's like, um, Spider-Gwen's so, like, how do I explain it? Oh, that's right. You hip, did. hip and yeah. cool and... Uh, and like she she's young, so there's not a whole lot of like history or like place of being with her. So we made a bodega sandwich, which yep. um, if you guys have ever been to New York, it's like a bacon, egg, and cheese on a yeah. roll. Yeah, we made like the ultimate bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich for Spider Gwen, being from like the alternate New York. And also, if I'm not mistaken, there was a character called the Bodega Bandit. That was just like a thorn in her side, like repeatedly. Now, my daughter wants to know, because she's a huge fan, was it Marvel's choice to call her Ghost Spider in the book, or was it your choice and not go with Spider-Gwen? First off, is your daughter around? She's in bed. Ah, shucks. Well, tell her I said hello. Um, Second off, uh, I have to defer to Marvel on on all things. Okay. And I I don't think a lot of people get this, especially just like my John Q food fans that don't like they love food first, Justin Warner second, Marvel third that watch the stuff we do or buy this book. 
Like they don't. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like you know, Marvel Studios is different from Marvel Comics and right. Marvel Entertainment, and I don't even understand it. Uh, that's why I have like you know managers and contacts and people that will probably say you have to redact whatever I just said from the podcast, you know, or whatever. And and now the Intrepid Trio to to help. Yeah. with your back. Good. Thank yeah. you guys. I hope you understand just as much as I do. I, oh yeah. It, it's tough, you know. It's an ever changing universe, and I think that that's something that's that's great. And you know, for me as a chef. You know, the the world of food is not this constantly uh, mutating thing, but comics are. So yeah. I always have this, like, uh, ever-changing sort of thing to touch in and get some inspiration from. So this was a, a case. Marvel gave you the characters, and you came up with the recipes? Yeah, or, definitely. Okay. Uh, um, you know, generally, like, let's just say, you know, we're, we're tying into Absolute Carnage or, you know, something that's going to happen in the universe um, you know, then we'll try and make something that is timely. Or let's just say we have a, a video that's scheduled to release around Mother's Day. Uh, let's tie something into Mother's Day. But the fun thing is that they're so willing to work with me on the creative aspect of it. So if you look, if you type Eat the Universe Mother's Day, we make Eggs Benedict. But who do we make Eggs Benedict for? Aunt May. Aunt May's not a mom. She's an aunt. But it doesn't matter. She's a mother figure. And then I make Golden Eggs Benedict because Aunt May actually got imbued with the power cosmic and turned into the golden oldie. I don't know if you guys know this. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think she had like a power vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Maybe I'm making this up. But <laughs> hold on, Wait. yeah, look it up. If I'm not mistaken, there's <laughs> yeah. there is this thick thing where I swear she has this vacuum cleaner that like kills. <laughs> but anyway, yes, yes, it was. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to see where it was. I believe it came up in Marvel Team Up number 137. She accidentally became a herald of Galactus. Totally. Dude. Absolutely. I think Franklin Richards was actually supposed to get blasted. But she, she teamed up with Franklin. Yeah, I got you covered. Yeah. yeah. And then boom, our cosmic instead of Frank. Um, but, you know, so like when Marvel, the people at Marvel are like, please make some Mother's Day food. I think they're thinking like, you know, maybe I'll go with like Jessica Jones or, you know, maybe Sue Storm talking about Franklin Richards. Right. Like, but no, I'm like Aunt May, Golden Oldie. She's the ultimate mother figure. And they're like, yeah, OK. <laughs> and, 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 sure, and the fans fine. appreciate that deep dive, though. I mean, because I mean, I mean, that was back in issue one thirty-seven. Like how long ago? Yeah, you know, It'd be in the eighties, right? Yeah. See, wow. that's a, that's one of the things I loved about the book is each recipe. Uh, like I'm looking at Phoenix's hot chicken and egg. Yeah, that looks I, good. I can't, I can't pronounce it. Uh, I, yeah. Oyakodon. It's an Oyakodon. Oyakodon. And, yeah. and you talk about how this was the first recipe to be released, in video-wise. And then yeah. you go into a little bit of the backstory behind the character and the per. It, it's brilliant. I will say, my wife's only complaint with the book is the font used for the name of the recipe. She said she felt it was hard to read. Well, um... It's your wife, so I'm not going to say anything other than thank you for the feedback. <laughs> but other than that, she loves the book. I mean, she totally. Really loves- well, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of um, – uh, I mean, I had the opportunity to input. But when uh, Insight Editions, who uh, publishes the book, uh, came to me and they said, okay, well, here's all that text you sent us but put into the book – I just looked at it and geeked and like started salivating and said like, I love it. I love you, my <laughs> child. So, you know, if, if, if your wife doesn't like my child's birthmark, you know, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, she likes the title of your recipes. It's, it's just, she finds the, 
some of them hard to read with the font. I get it. Uh, I, I am sending you that font, Mike, and I want you to make every note that you put in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the, then I'll the, get the response the, back. I am street? so glad you're back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so does Yancey, does the Yancey Street gang get any love in this book at all? I'm just curious. Yeah, if, not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we have a recipe for a noodle cool. You know, Ben Grimm is one of the uh, first superheroes to come out as, and, you know, it's insane that we have to say the idea of coming out as Jewish. But, um, you know, the fandoms and uh, comic books are... Intense, right? And so uh, let's rephrase that and say one of the first proclaimed uh, Jewish heroes. And Mm so um, in theory, in my deep dive in in Marvel, Yancey is based on Delancey Street, and I've spent a lot of time on Delancey Street. As a matter of fact, uh, we did an episode of uh, Food Network Star, which I went on to win and become myself, or whatever the public thinks of myself as. There you have it, Yancey Street Cool! Yes! And so the the Yancey Street cool is like um, if you ever go to Delancey Street or the Lower East Side, there's a a lot of really good Jewish history there. And there are a lot of really good uh, spots that are actually sadly um, evaporating, especially given the, the time that we are in currently. And, uh, you know, I, I just, it sounds dumb. You know, they were like, hey, hey, like make a thing thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like a little bit of the motivation was like, I kind of want to preserve this. And maybe I'm not the guy to do it. You know, maybe there's probably a bunch of other people that are, uh, you know, actually Jewish or uh, have more experience with Kugel making to do this. But I was like, ah, look, I, I just want to make this mark. You know, I want to let people know this is what's actually going on with the thing. And there's a reason that he's your, like, ever-loving, blue-eyed thing. Like, think of the suffering that his people have gone through. And and also, I don't know if you guys recall, like, the marriage of uh, the thing and what, Alicia Masters? That's her name, yeah. right? Crystal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the, they have to do that damn thing out in the damn desert, right? Like... And, and Reed Richards, if I'm not mistaken, has to, like, stop time to, like, allow this thing to happen. Like, I, I, call me crazy. It might be a metaphor, you know? Like, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to throw a kugel into it, all right? Well, well, my, my mean, people appreciate it. Oh, good. I Actually, I'm, I'm a fan of kugel. I am. I, I've had it once, and I liked it. Um, it, it helped me. It, it helped with the Manischewitz. It did. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nothing helps just, with Manischewitz. <laughs> no, no, the, the Manischewitz. Uh, but that being said, I, I, I have to admit, like I decide, I have yet to go to New York City. I already told my wife. I said, when we go, you know, we gotta do the Marvel, Marvel, Marvel tour, right? She goes, of course. So I now that I know where to look for Yancey, Yancey Street is actually the Lancey Street. Now that I know that, yeah, that's kind of I'm stored in the back of my brain. So well, I'm glad I could help. You know, Bleecker Street is real as well. Um, You know, obviously the boroughs that are represented. You know, you you can certainly hang out in in Queens and encounter a friendly neighborhood Queens resident. There's a lot that you can do. I take a Hell's Kitchen is not nearly as interesting as uh, Matt wants to likes to his adventures make it out to be. But can can I tell you something? Hell's Kitchen at night. So, well, one you don't have to worry about Hell's Kitchen. Um, This is so like as a New Yorker, like you you live and I'm not I'm a recovering New Yorker. I'm no longer a New Yorker. I have to disclose that. Otherwise, New Yorkers will get at me, right? 
Well, like when you're a New Yorker, you know where you work, you know where you live, you know where you play. And then you say to everyone else, well, I don't go outside of these boundaries, you know, whatever it is. Like I don't go north of, you know, 64th Street, you know, or whatever, because that's where the Apple store is or whatever dumb stuff, you know. But uh, one time I was like in between gigs, so I got a wild hair and I was like, all right, I'm going to be a postmate. I'm going to deliver food in New York because... I'm going to deliver food in New York. There was no impetus other than, I don't know, it called to me. Dude, Hell's Kitchen is the most, the most delivery ordering neighborhood I've ever seen in my entire life. And maybe it's just because I was the one delivering the damn food. But Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen wants Froyo. Hell's Kitchen wants Froyo. It's called Hell's Kitchen. You're asking for Froyo? That's like asking for Froyo in Hell's Kitchen. What are you... I mean full offense to Hell's Kitchen. Okay, I apologize to other New Yorkers, but Hell's Kitchen, this is at you. You don't deserve Matt Murdock. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> that's, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen wants Froyo. <laughs> With yeah. Justin Warner. True story, guys. True stories. Oh, oh, so now my version of Hell's Kitchen is going to have to be in a, a, a an alternate universe because I'm like, Froyo is – you don't beat down ninjas in the street in the yeah. neighborhood that has Froyo. Yeah. Am I wrong? Hell, I Hell's Kitchen happen. loves, loves Froyo. But I also <laughs> think that the people that live in Hell's Kitchen that love Froyo love that it's called Hell's Kitchen. Like, yeah, Mom, I'm just getting Hell's Kitchen, like Froyo. So it's okay. I'm okay, Mom. I swear. You know, Mom's in Iowa. <laughs> I'm being rude right now. Like New York is going to be very mad at me, but that's fine. We've all been mad at New York once or twice. Foggy comes up to Matt and says, "Well, you know, we saw the hand outside of the TCBY there." You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I was going to say so, so probably one of the greatest hockey players came out of Hell's Kitchen. It was wait, Joey Mullen. This? Joey Mullen. Well, I mean, oddly enough, you know, this guy plays a sport on ice, and I just told you about this frozen treat that Hell's Kitchen likes. Hell's Kitchen, you would think, would be a place that is hot. You know, it's just one of the various intricacies of New York. And he's a three-time Stanley Cup winner. And Go figure. So there it is. And, and now Kingpin is no longer as tough to me as I thought he would be. He Wait, probably... Guys, guys, <laughs> what is the tool that you use to play hockey? It's a stick. Stick. Oh. oh, my God. The mentor, right, of Matt Murdock. Right. Right. Are you saying Matt Murdock's mentor was a goalie? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we just, I think we cracked the code. <laughs> I think this oh, is we, wow. We we have just experienced a mic drop moment that was not from me, from Justin. <laughs> if your chair gives way, it will definitely be a mic drop moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> for for this being, and I think we forgot. I, I told um, oh, I can't remember his name from Insight. Uh, James from Insight. Sure, James. Yeah, uh, I, know that guy. I told him that you were going to be our guest for our three hundredth issue. What? You are our ah. guest for our. This is our three hundredth issue. We've done three hundred of these. Three hundred, man. Wow. This you know, with is Sorry. It seems that with great responsibility comes great power. I'm very and, impressed. And with and with three after three hundred issues, it was a guest that dropped the mic on us. I Historic moment. There you go. That's a trivia well, question for the future. I, okay, good. I'm I'm glad I could be a part. Really, it was just me free associating. Uh, because you said hockey, and then I thought about hockey sticks, and then I thought about Hell's Kitchen, and then stick, and boom, you know, like See, this is, the math is there. 
It is. You fit into the show just perfectly. Um, were, were there any any heroes? I'm not going to say characters. Any heroes or villains that you wanted to do that um, that may come out in a part two? Well, uh, you know, the show is on hold right now because of obvious because of 2020. The, the virus that villain, the, the virus that <laughs> yeah. shall remain nameless. And uh, I mean, honest to goodness, who knows where it's going to go? You know, I feel like we've we've already covered so much territory, and we've we've. It's not that we've uh, championed heroes or villains or even time periods. You know, we did an episode on the Earth X run of the Marvel Universe, and like, you know, that that's not even about. I mean, Earth X, yes, is about characters, but in all reality, Earth X is about a time. And so, so who knows? You know, I feel like the show has so many. Uh, you know, places with which we can pivot and directions with which we can go and, and times that we can celebrate, you know, like, like we did something that was, it wasn't even from Marvel comics. I think it was from timely comics, you know, the predecessor to Marvel. It was uh, angel. uh, Somebody was his name, somebody Holloway, Uh, you know, not angel from, from X-Men, but, um, and and he was just a, he was a nerd. Like he was just a detective that accidentally discovered like maybe a cape that could make him levitators. I don't know. It's a long story. You got to dig really deep. But um, anyway, like we have so many directions that we can go. And as long as we can make the food to back up the direction, we can do it. And and Marvel never really has any problems with me. Like, well, I'd prefer to go this way. And like every now and then I'll just like back and forth and be like, love you guys so much. But, you know, like let somebody else make a Captain America popsicle, you know, like rocket pops are pretty much Captain America popsicle. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like, I, I hate yeah. to tell you this, but like you, you don't need me to like reinvent that rocket. You know, well, I, I will happily volunteer to come and be on the show with you when you do either Howard the Duck or Dupe. I see. Well, you know, the, the problem with Howard the Duck is that uh, it'd be so morbid, right? <laughs> because like duck is delicious. <laughs> yeah, but he ends yeah. up in Cleveland. There's some I, I great dishes out so, of Cleveland. Bro, could you the German culture. A, could you imagine if I did a duck, like a duck version of Cleveland chili? So I did like duck ground beef and oh, put oh. it over noodles. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh. Look, look, we didn't even, you didn't even pay me. You know, that was just me like spitballing. See, I, I'm just south of Cleveland, so you're you're speaking to me right now. Well, it would seem that Cleveland is the reason you're fly, right? Huh? Oh, uh, it's a Kid Cudi song. Cleveland is the reason. Cleveland is the reason I'm fly. I just like uh-huh. it. It's, it's really the only like <laughs> reference I have to Ohio, other than I used to work at Bob Evans. <laughs> yeah, man, founded in Chillicothe, Ohio, right? That's where you state that, penitentiary. That's true, yeah. yeah, yeah, man. There, there, there's like there's like 14 Bob Evans that are like two minutes away from me. I seriously, so you want to know a fun story about me working at Bob Evans? Sure, sure. I used to. So Bob Evans had a central vacuum cleaner, and maybe they don't or not. They're like anymore. I don't, I don't know. But um, it was my job as the host to vacuum. And so you would have to plug the hose into the central vacuum, like, receptacle to, like, mm-hmm. you know, vacuum the section. Yeah. But I would intentionally suck up jelly packets, which perfectly fit through the, like, vacuuming, like, receptacle. But then mm-hmm. would get lodged into the, like, corrugated tube. And then the manager would have to come out with a steak knife. And, you know, that that's like a special piece of equipment at Bob Evans. 
<laughs> he'd have to cut the hose and then tape it back together. <laughs> like get the jelly packet out. <laughs> have to perform a jellyectomy. Yeah, totally, totally. That, that was like the thing. You know, oh, I don't know. You know, like you know, I'm like doing all right on like the SATs and IQ score. Must have been a jelly packet. You know, like. like <laughs> Good times, good times. Oh. Well, that's why that's why I offered up the other obscure character from Marvel with Dupe. That could be a great dessert there. Right, and so, like, I think, I don't know, where you would go with Dupe, given that he's, like, you know, relatively... Dupe's the he, right? Is his gender assigned? Uh, his gender is Dupe. Let's just say they. Okay, right. So, but I, I would the, say he's a... Dupe is a he, because I... <sighs> Who did he have the hots for? Was it Kitty? Yeah, you, I think it was you Kitty. Tell me, it's, some, it's one of the X people, right? I think he had the hots for for Kitty Pride. Wikipedia calls Dupe a he. I see. Okay. Well, there you have it. If Wikipedia says it's true, it must be. But like, Dupe is like a Cold War experiment, right? So, you know, maybe we go into the like, uh, you know, of the era of Cold War. You know, you, you can dive pretty deep into the sixties, seventies, eighties realms of like. Dis- that's not disgusting because it was real food for real people. But in modern thinking, we'd be like, "Whoa, that like weird like pickle shaped Jello! Like, why would you make a pickle flavored Jello in the shape of a pickle? Because it's the Cold War, you know? So like, cool, <laughs> do enjoy." <laughs> I'm re- I'm ready to be on the show. <laughs> Appreciate I don't it. know. Just looking at pictures of Dupe, he looks almost like a, uh, a potato that's been sitting in the bin for too long. Yeah, he's got that yeah. greenness to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, you know, um, eating green potatoes is not a good idea. But, you know, here's another thing in Marvel. Like, I don't know if you guys saw that episode with um, – um, shoot. Uh, come on now, man. I'm such an idiot. Um, he directed uh, Clerks. Come on now. Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith. Smith. Kevin Smith. I oh, just watched that episode Matt's like two weeks ago. I right, love that, so that episode. That episode, Kevin Smith episode, is not a recipe. It, it's a craft project. <laughs> you know, like it's like, <laughs> okay, now let's neatly arrange some vegetables. Like that's that's what it is. And so, like, they give me the freedom to go wherever I want. So, like, could you imagine if I? grew a potato in a mold because you know you can actually do this with like vegetables you can force them to grow into a shape like what if i made a dupe shaped mold forced a potato to grow into it then turned it green i could do that we could do that we just did that in our minds we have the technology Pretty cool. Nature. No, no, that's no, that's another property. Well, sorry. Well, working oh, at sorry. Well, working at Epcot, I I've seen many of the mouse shaped, Mickey head shaped cucumbers. Oh, totally right. You get it. Oh yeah. Nature finds a way, right? But yeah, that's another <laughs> property. We don't we don't talk about that. I, w- I will say, a way, especially plexiglass molds. What one of these I did try because I'm a as my wife and daughter call me a tea snob. Black Bolt's sore throat tea. Yeah, how, did it treat you all right? I mean, your your voice sounds amazing. I'm glad you think so. I hate listening to my own voice. Uh, I, I've always felt I, I, I was had that problem. A weak my wife point. wishes I had that problem. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Um, <laughs> but no, your 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 recipe is very good. Um, I had. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I wonder what because I I've been a loose leaf tea fan uh, since 2014, and one of my big mixes. And so I, w- I wanted to pitch this idea to you of here's what I do. What Marvel character would you name it with? Um, Go for it. I do a mix of silver needle tea and um, it's a oh dragon. Uh, it's a green dragon. So it's the tea that starts off in little balls without going over uh, to my. Uh, 
it's green. Uh, yeah. Green dragon something. You can force, like we just established, you can force tea into any shape you want, you know? Right. Uh, but listen, the fact that you said it's tea, it's silver. You have, it's called silver needle, you said. Obviously, you got to go with Silver Sable, right? And Ooh. I mean, think about how completely aggressive Silver Sable is. Mm-hmm. There has to be, and this is something that I like. I use as like a, a something to bridge the gap of a character if I can't necessarily get behind them. So, like Silver Sable, right? What mercenary? You know, neither like necessarily good nor bad. Constant thorn in a lot of like definitely on the good side of things. Uh, she's side. Yeah, you know, she's like, yeah, she's like the gear. You know, like I get the job done. You know, like, but you know, at the end of that, like, the question is, like, what is what is the thing that we don't see about Silver Sable in the comics? You know, what do what is her like home life like? Is it still just like is she like shooting her refrigerator? No, she's got to be like chilling out in some aspect, right? Maybe right. having a cup of tea. Okay, yeah. See, maybe that's the idea for, for the episode I could come on. We, we could sit there, the I'll, br- I'll bring the, the tea ingredients, and then let you work your magic. I love it. And I'll back you up on the whole Silver Sable idea. Yeah, there needs you know, to be a Doctor Strange tea. I mean, we could get behind that. You know, Doctor Strange is a tough character to work with because, uh, you know, Doctor Strange is, like, largely founded in things that don't exist, right? That's the, yeah. the incredible thing about him is that, you know, he was basically a human mechanic, right? That's what a surgeon is. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a human mechanic and then turned into this, like, thing that is the everything that is not mechanical. And it's very, very tough cooking is mechanical it's deeply mechanical and it, people think of it as some sort of art you know it's it's very mechanical and yeah. so um and i think that's one of the reasons that, that cooking has uh, experienced like a little bit of like a gee whiz factor in the past 20 years is because that we have figured out the mechanics of cooking and that it's not just grandma's mystery hands anymore, uh, you know, nor is it Stephen Strange's crippled ones, you know, like, right. uh, it, and so <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, tough. Yeah. It's just tough to come up with stuff for him. I, I have one recipe in the book, which is a pickle sphere that I actually use as a chaser for whiskey in my restaurant, but we don't mention that in the cookbook because you certainly wouldn't want somebody who was injured in a car accident to have any association with whiskey, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it's, man, Doctor Strange is tough. You know, I, I really, I could do a whole show on, like, Doctor Strange, the food show, where we just, like, explore, like, the hair vegetable of China. Just looks like a wad that you'd find in the bottom of your drain. It's a real thing. People eat it, you know, like. <laughs> it's, no, I'm just thinking back to that scene from um, Thor Ragnarok, where he and, or Thor and Doctor Strange are sitting down there in the sanctum and, and he's holding a, a teacup and he says, you know, you know, have some tea? No, it's like, what do you drink? Not tea. And I'm just, I'm, I, my brain, it just goes off of wandering on its own on times. It's kind of like, what kind of tea would he have had right there? Thor? No, what kind of, what kind of tea would Dr. he Strange. have served? Uh, it's probably nothing suitable for your audience. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, I, you know, listen, let's, let's just say Dr. Strange, you know, people say, okay, surgeon, you know, sorcerer supreme. But let's be uh, in all honesty, Doctor is like he's a, a practitioner. He's one that explores the healing arts, right? Like that is what a doctor is first and foremost. So, bro, your guess is as good as mine. It depends on your state legislature, I guess. <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't I don't know how to comment any further, you know, but I mean, you know, he he spent a lot of time in Tibet. 
So, yeah, so, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't had Tibetan stuff uh, that I know, but, you know, they use, like, a, if I'm not mistaken, they use yak milk in their tea. And so, like, you know, we could get behind that in an episode of Eat the Universe. This is interesting. Because I'll be honest, I really know very little about cooking other than read the freaking label. Mm, that's good. So I'm Googling this stuff as, as you're talking about it. And, and, and Tibetan tea, they call it butter tea. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I mean, up. Yeah. Right. That sounds delicious. Right. Is yeah. it made from yak or maybe it's made from some sort of uh, yeah, local it, ox or something? It says here traditionally is made from tea leaves, yak butter, water, and salt. Got it right. Oh. Got it right. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. That's why you won the show. That sounds really good, actually. Like, I would try that. Well, you guys, have you ever heard of, um, like, Bulletproof Coffee? It's, like, all the rage amongst the hipsters and stuff and, like, diet people. I'm not a coffee person. I've I've done it before. I I did the low-carb thing, and so I've done the Bulletproof Coffee. Well, guess we're right. You put butter in your coffee, right? Or, like, MCT oil or something like that. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what the Tibetans just did? They put yak okay. butter in their coffee, like in their tea. It's the same thing, you know? Boom. <laughs> yep. Boom. Already done it. <laughs> Making connections. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag it's all connected. Well, it, it's like when you read about, uh, I don't know how you would pronounce it, pur or puree tea. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, that's fermented in the ground for like a year or two before it's then mm-hmm. dried out. And, cause that's why it has a very heavy, earthy tone to it. But, oh, my God, is it so good. And actually, the health benefits are, are pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get behind that. I've been doing a lot of fermentation at home. I haven't really figured out a way to... Uh, connected to the Marvel Universe, except for the fact that, like, if I make sauerkraut at home, um, I put it in a crock, uh, I, I let the cabbage sit out in the open air, and the things that ferment the sauerkraut or the cabbage into sauerkraut live uh, symbiotically with me. These are the yeasts and bacteria that live in my own home. And so, like, crazy thing, like, that's like if Venom wasn't a Clintar, right? Like, if there was, like, a pro version of Venom, like a cool, like, I just want you to be well and have great gut health version of Venom. <laughs> That's what sauerkraut is. <laughs> well, since- a kinder, gentler Venom. Yeah, like- yeah, like, could you imagine if there was a symbiote who, like, took over villains? You know, like, if there was a symbiote who, like, got into MODOK and was like, you know, with that big old head of yours, why don't you, like, figure out energy or, like, <laughs> global warming? But, you know, I think you almost named your sauerkraut, yeah. though. It's symbiote sauerkraut. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Because I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. As a tea person, like, look up uh, kombucha, right? Like, scoby yeah. is, like, something of something of bacteria and yeast, like some symbiotic yeah. colony of bacteria and yeast. Is that it? I believe so. Can we just do it? I believe so, I think yeah. so. Tight. <laughs> so, Man. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Now, was it... Do you guys normally dive this deep on, on this podcast? Just curious. Of course you um, do. Not on food and drink, no. No, but we do dive deep. I see, I see. Well, I'm glad that we're getting there. I'm really pumped. I'm going to open a second beverage if that's okay with you guys. That's perfectly oh, fine. I'm having fun. This was unexpected. You know, like I said, this was supposed to be confirmed. Like, like they were like, remind me that it's like still a guy. The thing is, I sent the con- I asked about confirmation. I think it was Tuesday. And I was like, oh, yeah, everything's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you yeah. know what? But we're having a great time. Here we time. are. Yeah, I'm having a blast. So, okay. Well- Guys, I just I just had a side thought, and Uh-oh. you know this is this is probably one of those thoughts that should have stayed on the side. <laughs> All right, dupe dish, spam in a mold. Oh, I can, no, no, I can no, get no, behind no. it. The felt well, of you know, fish it, in a mold. I can get behind it. And the character that'll connect these mold things to is Captain America. We did a uh, an episode where we made a. Uh, 
a terrine, like terrine is like a fancy word for like mold of beef tongue because we were talking about rationing and stuff and how like the good cuts of beef were like going to the war effort. And so, you know, pretty much anything, in my opinion, like spam was a, a product of war effort. And we actually said that in the podcast and they're in the in the show. Same with, uh, you know, the unfor- uh, unmentionable uh, cheese flavored puff uh, extrusions. You know, they don't pay to get in this podcast, right? They're not a sponsor. Right? <laughs> you, you, you can name drop product or product price when it's fine. We don't care. Oh, please. Well, they they can pay me to name drop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, you you can bring that little cheetah with the sunglasses up here with the money, put it right in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when he calls, I'll answer. Um, but anyway, um, I think you could you could make a a nice like when you when you mention spam in a mold. Yeah, I think you could connect it, right? Because I think like the the super soldier serum, if you look chronologically, mm-hmm. like it was a little bit. And I mean, if you go to the the history of the Marvel universe, mutants were always around, right? But yeah. I think as far as the the chronology that like average viewers think, people think like Captain America, one of the first heroes. Like then came you know mutants in the eighties. But, like, the super soldier serum kind of made Cap, like, a little bit of a mutant. And I think that he has something that he can identify with, with dupe or, like, with X people. And I was talking about – who was I talking about? It doesn't matter. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was like, could you imagine having <laughs> been in stasis for so long, just, like, waking up and having to deal? I, like, I hate waking up today and having to deal with yesterday. Extremely annoying. Like, let alone – 70 plus years, you know, yeah. depending yeah. on what version you're reading. Well, I mean, and, and that was something that um, I, especially when, when I first started reading Cap, that I thought about that a lot. Like, what what would it be like for me? Like, Buck Rogers made it look cool. Like, you know, you know, he's off in space. He comes back like, what, f- four or five hundred years later. And what? he's like, yeah, five hundred years later, he comes back and it's like. Unless you look at the oh. actual time clock. On the show, and it's 498 years later. That's we rounded up on this show. Rounded up. So, you know, but he's all of a sudden, he's kind of cool with it. Like, within, what, what the, within one episode, he's he's adjusted. I couldn't imagine that, you know, the your last memory is a plane crashing into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking that you're dying. You think you're going to die. That's it. You wish you had a date. <laughs> you had a date with your dream girl and you crash. You just postponed that. You, you, you wish you didn't tell her to chill. Oh, oh wow. Really? really? <laughs> that really? was cold. <laughs> Frosty. <laughs> Should I contribute to this as well? Cause I totally can't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's what? a stand-up guy, but come on now. <laughs> hey, Here's Captain America's favorite root beer is Frosty. Yeah. Oh, oh, Frosted Mug Cap? Oh, sorry, too soon. <laughs> so, no, and, he, and, so, and I do believe, just just to, to, to cut you off at the pass there, and I do apologize, oh. but that right there, to me, makes that scene in winter soldier just it, it made cap more real yes it, it was it was literally a throwaway cut scene and i'm talking about the scene where you know he pulls out his notebook that's got all the stuff that that people have told him he needs to check out mm-hmm. and is he i can't remember is he writing in like marvin gay yeah i think yeah. He's writing in yeah. Sam wilson tells him you know after yeah. the on your left on your left he's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. marvin gay's album which uh, i think is the same album that has what's going on 
yeah, uh, yes. on it. Uh, <laughs> like but that'll just, catch up to speed real fast. <laughs> yeah, but just that list of everything else. I mean, you only see it for like a second. Yeah, the fact that he's taking it down on a notepad. What the like? Nobody uses notepads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people just like send themselves a text now and. Yeah, gorgeous. It's, it's, Winter Soldier, hands down, my favorite movie. In a nutshell for me. I Winter love Soldier, it. that. It's my hands down favorite. People ask me all the time, "What's the best?" That's the one. Thank you. Finally, you know what? I, me and you, dude, because I think I, I've been like the only guy where I'm like Winter Soldier. I, that that that's the that's top my, for me. And that's my number two. See, What's number your number two? one? Captain America: First Avenger. I see, I see, I see, and I, I can I, get behind that as I well. Love, I love, I love how that's it, my number two. <laughs> it's I, I love how it's a period piece. Yeah, and, and yes, yeah. he's a hero, but it doesn't. And, and you know, it's from a comic book and a comic, but it doesn't scream superhero like Thor or like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It, it is that okay. Here's this modified yeah. soldier. He's a yeah, he's he sees himself a super, super. soldier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, there's no, like, electricity or any crazy stuff happening. He's just, like, very good at hitting bullies. Yeah. And it's it's a great origin story. Like, if I'm not mistaken, like, I mean, Red Skull, right? He screws himself up. Yep. <laughs> he yep, doesn't. Yep. <laughs> Cap does nothing other than leave him alone, you know, which is a great way to deal with bullies. Yeah. Great <laughs> message. First Avenger. Love ya. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah that was, uh, yeah, so, you know, and then for him to, I, I mean, you think about it, I mean, like, you, you wake up in a completely different world, and at, at least, at least the food is the same for the most part. And, you know, he, he can still go, if he, he wakes up and he's in New York, he can still find a deli and get beef tongue. He can still do that. I mean, hopefully, right? But right in that story, he wakes up and escapes in in the cinematic story. He wakes up and escapes in, in Times Square. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? Go to TGI Fridays, Ruby Foo's, rest its soul. Ooh. Like, uh, oh like, no, no. I no, mean, no. he he could be Pizza Hut. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know the M and M store. Like, were M and M's even around in 1920s? something 30 something i don't know like it, it could think, be a very startling world i think the they were or, i think m&ms were around during the time of world war ii because that was a right, candy so that melt yeah it's yeah. one of the one of the stories is so they didn't yeah. melt the soldiers pockets yeah right yeah so i now got that, it go, go ahead. ahead no go Eric. you beat me well that just that kind of opens up a a different avenue of conversation because uh, as you pointed out Justin there was a uh, there were a lot of recipes that were popular during wartime that that cap would been familiar with that nobody fixes anymore Mm-mm. yeah I mean necessity is the mother of invention right and yeah I've tried to explain this and it's it's difficult to really like totally synthesize into like a one sentence sort of thing but the people that create characters, right, they create characters out of some sort of need. And the people that create recipes create recipes out of some sort of need. And the people that create podcasts create podcasts out of some sort of need, right? Like creation and creativity is all based out of need. And I always say that that comfort never breeds creativity. If you're living large, if you're fat and happy, you're not going to try and reinvent the wheel. But if you don't have a freaking wheel, <laughs> you're going to yeah. do your damn best to figure that thing out. Yeah. You know, and so um, – I, I I look at character development and I look at, at recipe development as being kind of on the same path. You know, why are there certain recipes that are no longer in fashion? Because uh, they're not necessary, you know, be it 
because of wartime or be it because of some sort of technological advancement, like say, I don't know, refrigeration, you know, or like, yeah. you, know, you know, you know, you know, something crazy like a microwave or, or whatever, you know, there, there are just a lot of things that have, have fallen by the wayside simply because technology has made something faster, more convenient, or because we're not, you know, sending the good cuts of the beef to the boys, um, you know, or whatever. And obviously now we would send it to the boys, girls, and everyone included. Great. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do a quick Marvel Chopped with you. Okay. All right, so, so Chopped is appetizer, main dish, dessert, right? Yeah, yeah. So the character in your Marvel Chopped basket is? I am Groot. Oh, Groot. Okay, I mean... The obvious thing for Groot would be something like salad, right? But if I had an unlimited pantry, um, you know, which it seemingly happens to exist in the Chopped universe, uh, I would go for all forage things. And uh, so that would be things like fiddlehead ferns, uh, you know, miner's lettuce, uh, moral mushrooms. Uh, I would go for things like that. And then just to be like, because I am who I am and I would probably get eliminated in the first round, even though you're only supposed to make like four dishes, right? One, three for the judges, one for beauty on the camera. I probably make like double or triple that just to be like, look, there's a whole planet of groups you guys don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? It's true. There's a lot more groups out there. <laughs> I am great. Good. I'm glad you can confirm that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, now, what about for the main dish with Groot? Uh, main dish and it's Groot? Still Groot, uh, all the way through. Okay, great, great. Got it, got it, got it. Um, main dish. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me let me explore this character. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go for something that's like, um, I'd probably do like a, a root vegetable uh, Wellington. So I take like carrots, parsnips, rutabagas, that sort of thing, and I'd encase it in puff pastry. And I'd probably, um, you know, one of the great things about puff pastry is that you can manipulate it uh, to look like other stuff. So it's easy to carve in like little things that look like branches, trees, leaves, whatever, whatever. And I just say like, look, this is root. (laughs) 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 And then for Groot, this is root. Yeah, this is root. Um, for dessert, I, it's not that hard. I mean, for me, like I, carrot, any 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 kind of root based thing, uh, which is what I like. I don't know. I know his name is Groot, but obviously the creators of Groot were thinking about roots and growth and trees and life cycles of plants. I mean, in, in, call me crazy if that's an incorrect assumption. Like, no, I, I, it sounds. Uh, yeah, you're not crazy. Well, you, you are, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I you're probably not in just... disregard. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably uh, take every root vegetable I could find and um, actually forget it. Yeah, what I would do is I'd make carrot ice cream, which is not hard to do, and then I'd uh, make a float out of that. It'd be a Groot beer float. Goodbye, boys. <laughs> oh. Oh. Ah, dude, See, I, I would lose. I would give that a standing ovation. You ask me, why do I have the job? <laughs> See, I would lo- I would lose to Justin because my dessert, I'd be thinking like a dark chocolate, cashew, orange, peppermint bark. Because of, cool. of the bark on Groot. Yeah, I, I get it. But I, 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 like, I like the Groot beer float instead. I don't know, dude. I, I think, you know, being a waiter my whole life, like, you know what sells and doesn't sell. And, uh... Uh, I, I try and make, and I don't think a lot of people get this. Like, I'm a competitive cook. Like, I owned a restaurant for a little bit, yes, but in all reality, like, I am a competitive cook. 
So what does that mean? Like, well, it's like being a race car driver. Like, you know how to make the car move faster. Like, I know it sells on, like, TV and stuff. So, you know, group beer float, float would probably, like, no offense, probably take the cake. You know? I, I, and I, I would see I would see Rocket dealing that from 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 Groot and taking it for himself. Hands down, man. Yeah, I don't know. You know, just to go back to, like, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, what's it like, you know, being an ombudsman of Marvel. Like, we did a whole episode on trash, like, food that one would throw away. And we literally have a recipe called Rocket Raccoon's Trash, trash omelet. omelet. Yeah. What the? Dude, like, who who allows you to do this? I guarantee you guys, I guarantee you that Food Network has never commissioned me to make a trash episode. You know, like, when, when I, 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 I love them. I love them. I love them very much. But so much worse. When, you know? when, my, when my wife and daughter were going through the, the index or the contents in the front and they got to the Rocket Raccoon's trash omelet, I'm like, oh, he did what I would do with my omelet. What was one of the biggest trash things leftover wise when you make it chili. Oh, he, yeah. made, he made a chili omelet. But I'm looking at it, it's like, chili would work with the omelet you gave, because you, you said almost, man, without looking up the actual ingredients. Nah, I, I use chicken tikka masala leftover carryout. You know, that's the bottom line, is I, I use chicken tikka masala simply because it's leftover carryout. And in New York, that's like a popular thing, but like any leftover carryout. You want to put Singapore yeah. made fun in an omelet? Do it. You want to put an old burrito in an omelet? It's already an omelet. Do it again. You know, like... Oh. You, you must have been to Sam's Diner number two in Denver. Oh, t- that, dude, the, how do you know? Yes, I have buffalo, history there. That, that buffalo omelet, the buffalo burrito omelet. Oh, my God. Oh, you are yeah. making me so freaking I used to live in Capitol Hill in Denver, hands down, man. As a matter of fact, it's the only reason I could make Hercules uh, souvlaki is because I ate souvlaki at one of those Greek Denver diners. Yeah. Uh, my brother lives in Denver, and first place I ever had shawarma, which I didn't know about shawarma until Avengers, but the first place I ever had shawarma is a, uh, a, Pakistan, a, Pakistan, a Pakistani restaurant um, over around his area. Um, oh, where is that? You would know where he lives. Well, it sounds like it's near Colfax, which is the longest mm. state in the or the longest street in the United States. Maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, Denver happens. You know, it, it happens. There's some. To us there's all. some great food in Denver. Yeah. As we're I, talking I'm about food. food. Uh, <laughs> they they live on Marion Street. Marion Street. That sounds like it's actually pretty close to. I remember it. I think. I think that's yeah. that intersects with Seventeenth. I think. I, th- I don't think know. So. I used to live in Capitol Hill. And my, my time in Denver is a blur um, for more reasons than. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, any fun questions? I was so hard working, guys, because I was so hard working. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> any final questions? We're coming near. It's hard to believe we are coming to got, near the end of this episode. Issue. I got like twenty have questions, issues. like sitting Shoot in the back of my head right now. But let's go rapid fire. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, ding, ding. Okay. You're at Luke Cage's house for a barbecue. What do you make? Oh damn. Uh, well, if I'm going to show off, I make brisket. If I'm going to not show off, I make pork butt, pork shoulder. You know, just pulled pork. Okay. Now you're at Danny Rand's house, and I don't know. Let's say for sake of argument. He's a vegetarian, but Luke got him turned on to a southern style flavor. What do you do? Uh, I'd make a, uh, a shrimp and grits, except uh, instead of shrimp, I would substitute high-end mushrooms, you know, because it's Danny Rand. So, uh, you know, truffles, morels, that sort of thing. And I'd just be like, 
this is it. You know, it's not shrimp and grits. It's just it. Please enjoy Danny Rand. Dude, I love that. Oh, I'm gonna try that. Um, hmm. It works. I'm try it. Totally it credit works. you. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know, dude. I, I tried to trip you up with those two, and oh, here's one. What are the Fantastic Four having for breakfast? Uh, and it's just an average Saturday morning, and they have absolutely nothing to do because the day before they just got finished fighting Galactus in the negative zone for 48 hours straight. Yeah, I think the answer, the answer is pancakes. A lot of people would say, well, waffles is actually a more gratifying thing to have, right? Due to the corrugation, it requires twice as much batter. But the thing is that a lot of people don't realize is waffles require a waffle iron, and that actually involves effort, like getting the waffle iron out. And so I would say that pancakes, given that, you know, you already have the ability to heat stuff up, flame on, all you need is a vessel, a pan, done. You could probably use an invisible, like, force field thing to actually function as even a pan. So you don't have to get anything out. All you have to do is mix up some batter. And and you really don't even have to do that. I actually found out the other day that, like, a, an unnamed pancakery company makes a thing that you just fill water up to the bottle in a, in a line, shake it, and this thing will actually, like, start carbonating itself to the point where if you leave it, it'll blow the top off. Um, and anyway, you can just make make pancakes without any thought. And I think that pancakes is actually one of the most restorative yet effortless meals that one can do for the masses. And if you have more than a family of two, yeah, but, you know, you qualify uh, could, as a master. But couldn't you pour the batter between things' hands or put it on one hand and have them press and let Johnny heat it up? Wouldn't you have thing waffles? Reason, I mean, recently, that's a good idea. But, it, you know, if you're going to tell the ever-loving blue-eyed thing he has to do something <laughs> on Saturday morning after dealing with, you know, whatever, it might be clobbering time. That, that, see, true. I didn't want that. That's what Herbie's for, okay? I, you... I, I and I gave you three random ones. That last one I completely pulled out of the negative universe, <laughs> out of the negative zone. I swear I did. Well, we'll go. I, we'll I'm go for the it. bonus round. Who would you force feed? What Marvel character would you force feed tofu to? Uh, uh I mean, I don't like force feeding anyone, but if I'm going to force feed someone, it's probably Howard the Duck, right? Because that makes foie gras. <laughs> Yeah, yeah just, kidding. just kidding. That's <laughs> horrible. Uh, Peter is, is going to be calling us all of, because of you guys, that because of that question. So you know. The, the we're going to be in the big appro- trouble. The appropriate sound drop for that one would be. <laughs> okay, I got one final question for you. Sure. A Marvel character that so far has not been in, either included in the book or been discussed and wound up on the cutting room floor that you would love to design a dish around? Slapstick, hands down. Mm. Okay. Um, slapstick had a brief run, like, in my life uh, when Slapstick, like, became first came out. And uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I love the comedic characters and those fourth-wall-breaking characters. You know, obviously, Deadpool is, like, fan favorite number one. But, yeah. um, you know, Deadpool and Slapstick team up on occasion, and I think it's pretty fantastic. And I don't know, Slapstick, I don't like, I don't necessarily, I know what I would make right off the bat, and that would be taffy. And I would force Marvel to buy me one of those taffy needers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, what I would do, hopefully, if the producers and the, the execs were into, is I would frame the episode around the idea that we're making taffy for Slapstick. 
because you know he's this, like super malleable thing and you can slap taffy around and it's stretchy just like he is and it's taffy is one of the most cartoonish of foods but also i would build in that i have also forced marvel to pay for my own taffy making machine <laughs> <laughs> stretcher you know? and that would be part of the show right like that would be part of the recipe like step one force your boss to buy you a taffy machine like <laughs> You know, and like that's the meta, like that's the meta, that's the like season three of Eat the Universe is like where we just ruin everything and get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you say for the final episode. Next week, a call saying, Hey, you know, that that taffy episode you were talking about, we we just got one on order for you, and you need to call us and tell us that you did it. That that you got machine. You guys want to know something, and maybe it's aired, maybe it's unaired. I don't know, it's hard for me to keep track. But um, I asked them, we were, like, referencing Quake, you know, the character that can make, like, yep. seismic stuff happen. Right. And it, for some reason, it was, like, a holiday thing. So we, I got, like, a master, like, DIY home builder person to come in and make a gingerbread house out of, you know, food because it's, like, gingerbread. And then we put it on a, on a vibration table that's actually used to, like, settle chocolate to, like, get the air bubbles out of chocolate so you don't end yeah. up with crackle or whatever. That's a brand. Whoops. But anyway, um, they bought me the damn thing, and it was great. Like, I think they still own it, but it's probably sitting in a prop closet somewhere. But, yeah, there's a vibrating table that we use to shake down the houses, the gingerbread <laughs> houses that we created. Outside of watching you on YouTube, on Eat the Universe, and on Marvel.com, and on Food Network, where can people find you online? Uh, I am Eat Fellow Humans across the board, um, and that's that's pretty much it. Instagram, PlayStation, I think Switch. Yeah, just but also you can just Google me. There are a couple others. There's like a pastor and there's like a another dude, but you know, they just won't have the follower count. You can you can pretty much find me. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. You are welcome back anytime. I can't Thanks, wait guys. to wait to have you on again. And, well, I really uh, appreciate. Um, I'll be honest. It's um, I was a little nervous going into this, you know, because uh, fandoms are intense. I was just telling somebody the other day that like you know, if you speak wrong about a fandom, like you're going to get corrected pretty fast. And so it was great to, um, I don't know, you know, talk to some ultimate fans <laughs> and feel as though I am welcome within the community of ultimates, if that makes any sense. It does. So we'll call you a dodo head if it'll make you feel better, but that's not really <laughs> how we roll around here. I mean, whatever you want to call me, it's fine. As long as you don't call me <laughs> late for dinner. Thank you. Thank you. Without this. Dude, you, you're, you, you, you're, you, you're a professional chef, dude. I, like, I, I'm all thumbs in the kitchen. And so I, anybody that can do that sort of thing, I'm just kind of like in awe of, cause I'm, I, I'm a cooking show guy. I love watching the cooking shows. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe one day I'll, you know. But so, no, dude, that and the fact that you're able to put that within the Marvel Universe, dude, that was a shoe-in. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. You know, I always try and be good at at least one of those things half of the time. That's better (laughs) than being not good at all none of the time. Yeah, totally. Well, on that note, I'm going to Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark, maybe. I can't find my ender. Go slightly dark. I can't find my ender. Oh, there it is. Thursday's been sabotaged by Ultron.
Hail Hydra. Hey! 